Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Let me ask you something. Do you ever self-sabotage? Do you ever have a dream or a vision or a goal or something that you want to pursue or achieve or improve, maybe in your relationship or your health or in your career dreams, but then quit before you even start because you start thinking about all the ways that you could mess it up or that it could go wrong? Yeah, that's called self-sabotage. Dr. Judy Ho is our guest today, and I think you are going to love her. She is a clinical neuropsychologist and the author of Stop Self-Sabotage. In her book, she takes a fresh look at combating self-sabotage, and her extensive research and real-life clinical work combine medically proven strategies with practical tools and self-assessments. Dr. Judy Ho speaks on creating an at-a-glance blueprint for change, unlocking your willpower to stop this vicious cycle in its tracks, how to identify the triggers to self-sabotage that are unique to you and your person personality type and more. Listen, this conversation with Judy was so informative, so helpful. She gave us so many helpful tools and techniques and methods and just simple practices to use to help us get off the cycle of self-sabotage and actually start taking ownership of the areas of our life that we tend to self-sabotage the most. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Judy Ho. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Dr. Judy. Hi, Jordan. How are you today? Oh, I am great. How are you? I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of your work. Oh, thank you. That is so encouraging. I am so just inspired and interested in everything that you share. And I can't wait to learn more and now share you with my community as well. So this is really exciting. Maybe the best place to start would be to just share a little bit more about your background. Would that be a good place to start? Are you good with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a clinical and forensic neuropsychologist. And I became interested in psychology when I was pretty young in high school. And at the time, I was working as a volunteer in the Big Brother Big Sister program. And the mentee I was assigned to was a little girl her name was Darian and she was 10 and Mm. she was a foster kid and she didn't have parents and you know because she was in the foster system she kind of had a different foster parent every couple of months and so she really didn't have a lot of stability in her life and I was just a kid too you know I was only 15 or 16 and Mm -hmm. didn't know what I was doing but I just found that it was a profoundly helpful experience for this little girl that I just showed up at the same place every week Mm. that that was a big deal to her Mm. and we ended up forging an amazing 
Jean Bond and I got to see her flourish. And in fact, we're still in touch today from time to time and she's doing really well. And just from then, I think the seed grew that, you know, one person can really make a huge difference in another person's life. And it starts with obviously positive intentions, but I knew that it had to go beyond that. I had to get the right training. I had to make sure that I had the type of experiences that would then propel me to be able to help people further and on a bigger platform. Mm -hmm. And so really my career grew from there. I went to, uh, college at UC Berkeley. Then I went and received my doctorate at UC San Diego School of Medicine. I did a postdoctoral fellowship at UCLA. And then I became a tenured professor at Pepperdine University. And I started my private practice at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been in private practice now for over 10 years. I've also been a professor for over 10 years. And then the media piece of my career started growing um, probably about seven or eight years ago. And it became another way for me to get information out to a bigger audience. Mm. Because even though I love research and I, I, I really still enjoy doing research, you do research for so many years and then you publish it in a research journal that almost no one reads. Mm. And being in the media has really afforded me the opportunity to be able to speak to more people and to try to destigmatize mental illness and mm. to provide people with scientific tips on how they can improve their life on an everyday basis. And mm. that's really been my mission in all of my work. Oh, so interesting. I'm curious, what was the, was there a certain catalyst or something specific that triggered more media? Was there something that, were you doing that intentionally trying to pursue that or did it kind of happen and then you've rolled with it? What did that look like? Well, I've always had a parallel track of being in the performing arts ever since I was four. So I sang and I played piano. Then I learned several other instruments. I was in choirs. I was in show choirs. I was in orchestras. And so when I was in college and grad school, I actually was acting as a hobby. I was, you know, sometimes in different TV shows or I was in movies and, Mm -hmm. you know, in smaller roles and stuff. And I also was a musical theater um, artists and I um, sang in acapella groups and so I actually had an agent for this hobby the side hobby my my side hustle while I was in grad school <laughs> doing awesome. some acting and singing and dancing and you know just having fun in musical theater and sometimes mm-hmm. on tv and then when I became a prof- uh, professor and a psychologist my agent who's really more of a entertainment agent was like hey I got this I got this call for a therapist they needed for a VH1 show. Could you do that? And I said, sure. Hmm. And so that actually was what started everything. And then in the world of entertainment, people learn from your work by watching you on TV or talking to their friends who are producers. And it really just grew from there in a very organic way. So I feel very, very blessed and fortunate to be living basically my dream, which is where two sides of my life came together the part Mm. of me that is a professional who went to school and trained for this but then the other part of me that doesn't mind being in the spotlight can speak in front of people Mm -hmm. not completely lose my cool (laughs) um, and and actually enjoy it actually enjoy the process of creativity that's awesome that is so cool I love how those two things blended I had to ask because I thought typically you don't really see those those paths merging but I yeah. love how you've merged them. And I think that's such a, that's such an important example because I think so often women or anybody can feel like, oh, well, I've been in this lane. And so this other passion of mine just must be something I shouldn't do anything with. Right. Or I, and yes. so you're a great example to someone who has both a creative brain and kind of a little bit more of an analytical or scientific brain to see that there's opportunities to really live your dream in either one or both in a, in a creative way. So that's amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that, by the way. Um, but yeah, I, you know, what's really crazy too, what's is that? I, like you just, said 
there was a time when I tried to hide the performing arts mm -hmm. side of my life away because I wasn't sure if the scientific community would embrace that. Like, oh, is this woman even serious about mm -hmm. her career mm -hmm. if she's also doing musical theater on the side, you know? Yeah. And that, so thank you be, for bringing that up because really for a while, I kind of felt like I couldn't be my authentic self. Mm -hmm. And during grad school, especially, I'd really try to hide that part of my life and compartmentalize it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's so interesting because then I get into media and I meet other people who are doctors and professionals and 80% of them also have a side performing arts hobby or hustle. <laughs> That's awesome. So it all makes sense, right? Why we would all end up then in media and why would we would feel comfortable doing it and like doing it. Yeah, that's great. That's so awesome. I love that. You wouldn't even think about that, but I think that is so powerful to remember that people who are in these fields are probably somewhat creative too, even if they're really, you know, focusing the majority of their time over here on something more scientific, they might have some, something creative. We have a lot of creatives in this community. So I just think it really is uh, so interesting and so important to think about that you're not you're not confined to one box or another. I always talk about not getting stuck behind labels like, oh, I'm a scientist, so I can't be this other person, you know, or vice versa. Right. Um, so right. Anyways, that's like a huge part of my messaging. So I love that you are just a bright shining example of that. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. But one thing I want to ask is I know that you recently wrote um, Stop Self-Sabotage. And and I, we're going to focus a lot of this conversation on self-sabotage. And part of the reason I was so interested in learning from you was, was not only because I think you're great and there's a lot to learn, but also because this is one of the key, I think, problems in my community. We have a lot of creatives. We have a lot of dreamers. We have a lot of women who are staying at home with littles and want to do something that they love on the side or start a side hustle or finally just go for that thing, whatever it is. And um, a lot of them are entrepreneurial or creative. And I found that one of the biggest problems is we so much as women self-sabotage, we play small, we pull a, hold ourselves back, we worry about what other people will think. And so I noticed that even if that's not necessarily the context, or I'm sure some of it's the context in which you talk about, but I see that just in that form. And I thought that's probably a microcosm of a much bigger issue. And so I'm just curious from, from just a personal perspective, what made you so passionate to focus on self-sabotage and what kind of informed or inspired that in your career? Well, I believe self-sabotage is a universal phenomenon. I believe that as human beings, we're all predisposed to do it sometimes. Mm. And clearly there are some people who have more issues with it than others, or maybe in certain times or phases of your life, you struggle with it more than others. But I think for me, what was so inspiring um, and why I wanted to focus on self-sabotage is because I see it as a everyday phenomenon and I wanted to demystify it. I wanted to destigmatize it and tell people it's okay. You know, mm. even the best of us, self-sabotage in fact perfectionist self-sabotage all the time and mm. I know that you've said this and I've heard some of your interviews about this um it was in the captions of your book that you know you're a recovering perfectionist yourself mm. you know you're somebody who also has that chronic need to achieve and sometimes even that yep. could be a self-sabotage trigger at times and so people don't realize that the triggers of self-sabotage are lurking for all of us. Mm. And I saw it happening with my friends. I saw it happening with my patients. I saw it happening with my family members, my colleagues and work friends, and even myself sometimes. And so mm -hmm. I really wanted to understand what is the switch that causes us to self-sabotage and also to take that control back. Because when we talk about self-sabotage in daily conversation, I hear people say it, well, I just self-sabotage my diet or, well, I just sabotage that relationship. Mm. It's 
it's always sort of with a note of exasperation. It's sort of like, oh, well, and then you just mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's like, well, where, where's the solution? Let's take right. the power back. Let's do something about it. And because I'm such a scientifically oriented person, I'm all about practical and pragmatic tips because <laughs> there's a part of me, even if I'm a creative person, there's also a part of me that's like super pragmatic and practical Mm -hmm. and I just want to get to the point Mm -hmm. um so I was like let's just fix it you know yeah and so that's really what caused me to delve into years of research about it and then to finally write this book with the six-step plan Hmm. so interesting okay want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at discounttire.com meet treadwell your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle get your best match in one minute or less with treadwell by discount tire with two little kids i do most of my shopping online now but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because i never know if i'm getting good quality until it arrives the game changer upgrading to high quality affordable pieces from quince Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. 
Well, I relate 100% to that feeling, and I think it is such a universal problem. So I'm glad that you've brought it up. I'm glad that you are doing this. Um, I guess I want to maybe start, before we even dive too much into the subject, you have a short quiz that you created, right? Yes. Okay. So this, can you explain that to me a little bit more? What does it do? I know it helps determine the factors that cause self-sabotage behaviors. So is this something you can share a little bit more about or that this is, is this something, a tool we can use? <laughs> like what, what, tell me more about this quiz. Yes. It sounds amazing. So it is, it is actually a free tool that you can access on my website, which is drjudyho.com. So it's DR. So abbreviated than my name, J U D Y H O.com. It's also in my book, but basically it is a really quick quiz to help you find out which of the life factors are holding you back. And so I made an acronym and the acronym is LIFE, L-I-F-E. And each of those letters stands for one of the major reasons why Hmm. people self-sabotage. Now you may see yourself as, oh, this is my one reason. Some people are like, oh my goodness, it's the entire life for me. It's all four, but that's also okay. Because I tell people, hey, life happens. That's exactly what the acronym says. You know, Hmm. we all do it sometimes. And so each of the acronyms is going to be discoverable through this quiz but the first one is life l stands for low or shaky self-esteem or self-concept and Mm. you know we all sometimes can feel a little bit more insecure in certain domains of our life versus other ones so sometimes people will have really good job self-esteem right but but less good relationship self-esteem especially when it comes to romantic or intimate relationships so some people will have a self-esteem that is better in certain areas of life and Mm -hmm. then in other areas of life not so much and so this quiz will help you to discover that Mm -hmm. the i stands for internalized beliefs so when we are young we learn a lot from the adults around us and we learn a lot from our environment and sometimes if our parents or other important caregivers were maybe a little bit nervous and they were kind of always thinking about what could possibly happen that would be bad sometimes as adults we end up adopting that ourselves and then we don't take the leap quite as much so that would just be one example of a type of internalized belief that you ended up starting to utilize as one of your own core beliefs as an adult when you grow up S stands for fear of change or fear of the unknown. Now, human beings in general don't love the unknown. And it makes sense because from a survivalist perspective, we kind of need to know and be in control Mm -hmm. of our environment. But some of us temperamentally and personality wise are just more fearful of change than others. And if that's the case, it'll be hard for you Mm -hmm. to do things that will shake things up and keep you moving forward in the different parts of your life. And finally, E is excessive need for control. This is the type A perfectionistic, high achieving people who if they can't see every step of the way, they may not do it at all. Mm -hmm. And so that's in one way how perfectionism could hold someone back when they feel like, but it's not perfect. And then they just Mm -hmm. end up not doing it. And in fact, people don't realize that a hidden uh, trigger for procrastination is perfectionism Mm -hmm. that a lot of times people procrastinate because they're like, I can't see a way to do this perfectly. So then I'm just not going to start until I do. And then of course they never start. Yep. Yes. And amen. Okay. I love that you made this acronym and it works so well. So this is something that you created a quiz around basically for people to be able to take an assessment and say, which of these is, am I most likely to, is most likely to cause my self-sabotage, correct? Yes, exactly. What a good idea. That's awesome. Yeah. Once you realize it, you're like, okay, well, I'm the L and I, or okay, I'm L and E. Mm -hmm. And each one is associated usually with a certain type of thinking pattern and thoughts really precede everything. So when we have a negative emotion or we do an action that we later regret, sometimes it feels 
so much in the moment that you don't realize where it came from. Like, whoa, why did I feel depressed all of a sudden? Or, oh my gosh, why did I say that impulsive thing that now I have to apologize for? Hmm. But what we don't realize is that there is a thought, a blip in your mind that causes those reactions, whether it's an emotion or an action. And so if we can identify the thought patterns and what you tend to do, that's going to be the first place in which you start to address the self-sabotage because then you can work with those thoughts and deal with them. Hmm. Okay. So good. So interesting. I'm like eating this up. I think it's so interesting. Okay. So I am curious, what are some practical um, and efficient daily steps that we can take to stop self-sabotaging? Do you have a couple maybe action items or specific things that you tell somebody to do or to consider or to work on when they feel like they're caught in this cycle of just self-sabotage all the time or in certain areas of their life? Definitely. You know, I think the first thing is bringing more awareness to your thoughts. And I know that it can be hard to do that sometimes because if you're doing self-development correctly, it's not always going to feel great. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you're going to look at your thoughts. You're like, whoa, why did I have that thought? That is so hurtful. That is so mean. um, That is so self-deprecating. But we do need to understand where they're coming from because sometimes we'll have a self-defeatist thought and then we wonder why we self-sabotage. Well, it's because when we have self-defeating thoughts and we believe in them, we don't think we deserve better. So why would we do anything to move our lives in a positive direction continuously? And so the first thing is to be more aware of your thoughts. And the one trick that I tell people to do, because we do have over 50,000 thoughts a day on average, so wow. it's hard to catch them sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So so one of the biggest things for me is to say, if you have a negative emotion that disturbs you, that bothers you, ask yourself this very simple question, which is, what was I thinking just before that? Mm-hmm. Like, now I notice that I'm feeling sad, or now I notice that I'm feeling angry, or now I feel notice that I'm feeling extremely bored. What was my thought right before that feeling? Mm. So just getting used to identifying what that thought is. And once you start checking in more often, you will start to see that there's patterns to your thoughts. Like maybe your thoughts are a lot of judgy sort of types of voices. Like, well, I should have already finished five to-dos by now. It's already 10 a.m. What am I doing? Right? Or maybe it's a very black and white type of thinking like, well, I already screwed up and fell off the wagon on that goal. So I might as well blow the rest of the Mm. week and then start over Monday, which, of course, is a terrible type of thinking because it's very much not in in terms of the grades of life. Right. We all fall down. We all make mistakes. So just pick yourself back up and start then. But a lot of people will say, well, forget it. I'm just going to blow out the entire weekend and restart Mm -hmm. on Monday. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps you're the kind of person who catastrophizes that your thoughts are a lot about past mistakes and possible catastrophes of the future. And so once you realize the thoughts that are leading you to these feelings, you're actually going to feel a lot more empowered and in control, even if they're negative thoughts, because now you know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And when you know where they're coming from, you can do something about it. Like you can actually try to question your thoughts. Most of the time, human beings, when we have a thought, we just take it at face value. We're like, oh, I guess that's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, ask yourself, what's the evidence for or against this thought? I mean, is it really happening or is it just because I'm kind of in a sour mood and I'm choosing to sort of think about the negative parts of this scenario and then force yourself to come up with a more balanced thought that actually acknowledges both sides of the story. And the shorthand tip that I use for this is a technique called yes, but so yes, I did eat that whole pizza, even though I promised myself I was going to start eating healthier, but I did have four days of really good, healthy, balanced eating before this. So I can do it again. Right. So basically Mm -hmm. constructing a new sentence using the format. Yes, but 
so that you can basically come up with a thought that is actually more reflective of what's going on. And if that fails, my next technique is all about distancing yourself from a negative thought. So sometimes you have a negative thought and you're like, you know what? I'm having a hard time trying to change it right now because I'm just in a really bad mood and I just can't even think about the other side. Or maybe there is no other side. Maybe my thoughts aren't even that distorted this time. It's just, I'm just in a bad place right now. This is a bad situation that I'm in. Mm. Then it's all about not letting that thought dictate the rest of your day. And so distancing yourself from the thought and recognizing it as just a mental event and not something that you have to define yourself by is really important. And the shorthand technique I use for this is a technique called labeling. It's just labeling the thought as what it is. So if you have a thought like, I'm never going to achieve my goal, Hmm. just putting this little clause in front of it. I'm having the thought that Hmm. I'm never going to achieve my goal. And just right there, it transforms the thought into, oh, it's me having this thought and the thought is this as opposed to the thought defines me and the thought is true no matter what. Hmm. That's good. Okay, so we've got the yes, but to reframe mm-hmm. something when it feels like it's catastrophized or is that the, how you say that word? I don't even know how to say that word. Yeah, yeah, I don't think hooked on phonics works for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, labeling is the other, I think these are the two I really pulled out. I mean, there was a lot, but I wrote these down just because they both really stood out to me. Um, I love the idea of labeling something. I wrote, I think the word distant, when you distant yourself from it, mm-hmm. it can't yes. dictate your life. And I think those words almost kind of have a very similar word structure. So it helps me remember. Um, but I think that's so smart. I think it's so simple too to realize, wait a second, if I can at least label this as a thought rather than a reality, it allows me to not be defined by that thought. And that's so simple, but it's like, right. why have we never thought of, Why have I never thought of that before? Um, no, I love that. I think that's so great and so powerful. Yes. But labeling use utilizing these tools, in the midst of, would you say that's as the thought occurs or would, is that something that you do after you've realized that you've kind of been thinking or going down this downward spiral? Well, I think it can be both, you know, so with practice, I think people become much more in real time as they use this technique. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, it's more going to be like, man, I have been feeling crappy for the last two hours. Mm -hmm. What is going on? Then you remind yourself to use the technique and you're like, oh, well, when I woke up this morning, I had this this thought and I've located it. And this is a thought that's been causing me the problem. So sometimes it's more of like a retrospective. You're looking back and you're saying, what caused me to have such a rough day today? And other times it's like, it's happening in the moment. You can start to feel yourself well up with emotion. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated right now. I could just eat a whole pizza or like whatever you, <laughs> yeah. I want to yell at my husband or whatever thing that you feel like doing in the moment and you know is not a good idea, but then you can shift in the moment because you, you use that technique. And as we've just discussed, both of those techniques probably take under a minute to use if you can just settle back, take a deep breath and remind yourself to do them. Mm -hmm. And so it can very much stop a catastrophe that's about to happen, which is why I say, you know, this is why this is the power of knowing these techniques, because you stop self-sabotage in the moment before you actually do the thing, Mm -hmm. as opposed to retroactively saying, okay, now that I've eaten the whole pizza, where did I, how did I get here? Um, So I don't do it again next time. So you kind of can use it on both ways. Hmm. So good. Okay. I love this all so much. It's so fun. Um, Okay. Speaking of tools and, and um, what did you call it? Not methods. What did you say? 
tools, methods. What's another word? Yeah, tools, methods, techniques. Techniques. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Um, <laughs> um, speaking about that and just these practicals, can we talk a little bit about the blueprint? What is something visual and creative to help us really create change in our lives? Yeah. So, you know, I think vision boards obviously have been a very lovely tool for a lot of people and truly human beings do benefit from visualization and we are visual creatures. And so for all of those reasons, I think, you know, things like vision boards can work for people, but they also can be the downfall of a lot of people because you put these amazing lofty goals on your vision board, which are motivating for a while, but then you don't have necessarily the plan on how to get there. So mm -hmm. sometimes people will put these things on their vision boards. They're thinking, okay, just positive thinking and I'm going to realize it. But if it doesn't cause them to take specific action, then it's not going to help them. And so when I talk to people who have been frustrated with vision boards or like, well, that hasn't worked for me. It's like, okay, but once you've made the vision board, did you actually do actionables? Did you actually have a specific plan? And so for me, my blueprint for change is different in that it is like, like the blueprint of a house. If you are somebody who is generally well-versed in blueprints, you'll look at a house and you'll know exactly how to build that house. Okay, the bathroom goes here and here's where the cabinets go. They will measure exactly this much from the ceiling. And so my blueprint for change puts all of these tools and techniques that some of which we've been talking about right now on one page. So it's a visual tool as well, but some of the specific elements of the blueprint is that we start with our values. You know, people sometimes struggle with finding meaning in our lives. People struggle with, well, why should I try to keep persevering forward when this goal is so hard? And the, and the answer is, well, if it's consistent with your values, that's why you keep going, even if sometimes you suffer briefly in the process, because mm. values are so different from goals. We can't check them off. They're things that we want our life to stand for. We, that's what we want to be remembered by. You know, when when we grow old and when we eventually pass from this life, we want people to say, well, Judy was really honest or Judy really loved her community. Mm. But it's not about, well, Judy got three degrees, you know, nobody right. cares about that. Right. And so I think it's really about asking yourself what your values are and starting from there. And on my website, I have a values card sort in case you're not in touch with your values and don't know where to start. Um, there's a really quick little card game that you can play with yourself to identify your top values. And then from this point forward, every goal that you make really should be rooted in your top values in some way. Otherwise, you're going to experience tons of difficulty having the motivation and perseverance to carry it forward. Because when we think about some of the most wonderful things of life, like going to school, achieving a degree, moving cross country to start a new job, having kids, getting married, all of those things come with such wonderful, positive moments, but they also come with difficult moments. Mm -hmm. And when you make goals based on your values, when the difficult moments come, you'll know why you're still in it. Why am I doing this? You know, this is why I'm allowing myself to suffer briefly for the greater good. And so I think part of what the blueprint really helps us with is to make sure that each one of your goals are tethered to some of your most important values. And then from there, the blueprint covers your life factors, the areas in which you might be triggered, and then comes up with these different plans for when the triggers come up, what should you do instead? Hmm. And so all of that is covered in that one place. So you literally just take it out and it's an at-a-glance infographic that you can use to make sure you don't self-sabotage. Oh, so interesting. And it is so true. We can have these, and I, I notice this a lot and I talk about it a lot, This, these big lofty goals and these 
huge yeah. pie in the sky things that we're reaching for that, you know, are great. And it's like awesome motivation. But I think we can feel like our hands are tied when when it's not clear exactly how we're going to get there or there's no specific plan and planning can feel overwhelming. I think sometimes too, you know, we know where we're going to go, yes. but if we don't know where to go, how to get there, it's like just, it, it sometimes seems easier to be like, okay, somebody just tell me what to do and when to do it. Right. right. <laughs> and exactly. developing that, developing that plan, even in this, in this instance or in this scenario, um, it's, is so important but it can be something that we kind of overlook because we're thinking about the big cool awesome thing and not the not so fun harder more tedious steps along the way that actually need to go in the right order in order to get to that that dream destination or that place that we really want to be so that's huge and also the values thing that you shared this was something that I've been thinking a lot about recently because I think we can know generally what we value like we might have a clue but to actually Mm -hmm. define those things and say like well this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and this is what is driving this it's it's I think very similar to what's the purpose behind what you do but I think your purpose kind of aligns with your values versus being the same thing and so I think interestingly that's just something that I've been digging into a lot of like what do I value and why and what does that have to do with what what actions I'm taking and what I'm doing in my life and in my career and in my decisions what is that what does that look like? And if it's not centered around something clear, then I'm just going to feel like I'm lost. And as somebody who's very multi-interested, it was a couple of years of kind of feeling that way of like, as soon as I'd succeed in one thing, I jumped to another thing, you know? And right. um, I think it was partially because I wasn't really clear on that. And I had never really taken the time to dig in and define that until life kind of forced me to. So yeah, um, it's you know. really, it's really interesting. Yeah. I think it's definitely in certain intersections of your life, you know, you're sort of propelled to do this type of work more mm-hmm. so than other times. And I think in some ways it's almost like when we're, I mean, it's like, it's basically a analogy of human life where, you know, first we have to learn to crawl, then we walk. Right. right. So it's like, first, First, yeah, first you work on goals because that's a great thing to do. We should all have goals. If we human beings didn't have goals, we wouldn't be uh, who we are today. We wouldn't mm-hmm. be who we are as a species. But um, also, once you do that for a while, it's like, huh, but what's going to keep me going after that? You know, right. like, what's the next step in my development? And like you said, it's about aligning your values with your purpose. And and I think sometimes people think, okay, it's really cool to think about when I reach this big lofty goal, how I'm going to feel. And of course, that's a really important part of the visualization. And it's great. And it's motivating. But people don't want to do that. Not as feel good part, but just as important part of like, okay, but what are the barriers that are going to get me in, in, mm. in the way of that? Right. So you yeah. imagine your better future, but you're not imagining, but here are the things that I'm where I'm going to get tripped up. And so once I actually also spend time thinking about the barriers, then I can come up with a plan to attack it. But if you didn't think about the barriers and when they come up, they're just going to hit you in the face. You're not going to know what hits you. You're going to be self-defeating mm-hmm. say things to yourself that'll discourage you and then you might just veer off track completely and so it's actually important just as much as thinking about the positive outcomes as the process and the barriers that you might come across so you can make a plan to inoculate yourself against them huh. so interesting you know what i've been uh, reading this book called rocket fuel have you ever heard of it yeah, I did. Okay. I read it yet. So I am hands down the visionary. It's, it's basically about the, the relationship between a visionary and what they call an integrator. So if you think about it in terms oh. of a business, it's like, who's the big yes. picture dreamer, the CEO, kind of the creative, the one who's always thinking of big solutions to problems, the idea person. And then who's the yep. more detailed COO operations, you know, detailed kind of identify problems and, you know, 
oversee specific uh, processes. They're the processes person. Um, and so anyways, I was reading a lot about that because as we're building my company and doing these different things, I was like, I really want to understand how to best do this. And I've been told by yes. a business coach and by several people, like you are 100% a visionary. You need to make sure you have an integrator in place. And so as I was uh-huh. learning more about this, one of the things that came up and, and as I was reading the other day was that a visionary is so... Um, like so full of ideas and so full of like optimism and excitement and and passion that they can see the big goal and like the big they have the big vision right um that they Mm -hmm. can sometimes not they get kind of hit in the or kicked in the butt a little bit because sometimes what can bite them in the butt is that they didn't see or foresee potential barriers to that big vision and that's where the integrator is really really key and comes in because that's the personality type that's a little bit more likely to foresee possible barriers or obstacles that could get in the way and create a plan to either navigate those if they were to pop up or avoid them altogether and so it just really is interesting that you pointed that out because some personality types and some types of people are more likely to see those things and yep. others are are not and they we need each other in order to navigate those things and then we also it sounds like really need a plan to be a little bit more realistic or a little bit more aware so that we can navigate these these natural barriers that are bound to pop up at some point right we inevitably are going to face a challenge um but to be a little bit more yes. like well what specifically could those be you know i think a visionary can be like yeah yeah i know we'll yes. have challenges we'll get there when we get there um but yes. an integrator will be like well here's three <laughs> specific challenges i foresee happening because of x y and z you know so anyways yes. i just found that really interesting and it really ties in with what you're saying and it's i think helpful to kind of understand am i more of the person who's thinking like big picture vision board big goal you know i'm going for it i'll figure it out as I go or am I somebody who's more naturally seeing those obstacles and just needs to make a plan on how to deal with them so anyways that's a little yes. off topic but I just found it really interesting no in relation it's totally to what you shared. on topic I think it's so true I mean I, I I'm with you I'm a more of a big picture person and in general big picture people also tend to be a little bit more optimistic mm-hmm. um so like you said you know us visionaries us big picture people sometimes you know if we don't remind ourselves or maybe have somebody who's close to us who we trust who can also help advise us you know we may not see as natural naturally as certain personality types, the things that might get in the way. And then there are the people who are much more, you know, detail oriented and they do see those things. And sometimes we call them more realist as opposed to optimist, but we need each other, like you said. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is so true. And sometimes you need to outsource those things like, okay, this is definitely not my forte. I need somebody to check me on this. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And I think actually the, the unwillingness to do that is a way to self-sabotage pride and ego getting in the way or stubbornness getting in the way but um okay I want to ask one last question that being I know not everyone's the same when it comes to how we self-sabotage or like the triggers that cause us to self-sabotage well I can't speak um but that's kind of what you touched on with that like that life acronym and so I'm curious if you have any tips on how to identify triggers that are unique to us is there any specific way we can do that is that through the quiz what advice would you give on that Well, one part of that self-assessment is through the quiz, but the other part of the self-assessment is really understanding your personality. And so one of the things that I had been talking to people about is we all have our natural strengths and we all have our natural weaknesses, but it's only a quote unquote weakness when we don't recognize that that's something that we need to work on. And so I've actually been giving a lot of talks lately about your different personality types and 
you know, almost all of the big personality theories, whether you like Myers-Briggs or you like the big five, all derive from an original personality theory called the four temperaments. And so I have a spin on this, which I made into animal types. So it's like, which animal are you? Are you a panther? Are you an owl? Are you a dolphin? Mm. Or are you a peacock? Or are you some combination of two or three of those, which most people are? And that quiz is also available on my website where you can find out which of these animals you are, but because each of those animals have certain triggers for them. Like, for example, people who are panthers, they tend to be the type A individuals. And so sometimes their triggers are a lack of control. Um, for people who are peacocks, their trigger is disorganization. You know, so if their life is very disorganized and they haven't really took the steps to address that, that's where their self-sabotage occurs. The owls are very precise and detail-oriented, but then they miss the big picture. So, so for some of the owls, if they become too analytical in their mind and they're too heady and they don't take a step forward, that's how they self-sabotage. Mm. And the dolphins are very much rooted in other people, but sometimes they over care for other people instead of their own needs and emotions and that's where their self-sabotage occurs and those are just some examples or other ways as well but I definitely invite any of your listeners who find that to be interesting to go on my website or they can check me out on Instagram my handle is Dr. Judy Ho D-R-J-U-D-Y-H-O and I've had several posts about this where you can really assess you know your personality and then understand well what does self-care look like Mm. for me if I'm a panther what does a good work environment look like for me And how do I stop self-sabotaging if this is my personality type? And so I think it's all about self-assessing. That's where everything starts, you know, really understanding yourself because what works for your neighbor or your best friend or even your husband or wife might not work for you because Mm -hmm. you're a different person. And as much as we can be inspired by others, we really do need to do the work on ourselves to be able to really optimize our own plan. Hmm. So interesting. So good. Okay. I love that you made an animal quiz too. That's amazing. That's awesome. We love quizzes. Yeah, that's quizzes great. Quizzes are so fun. They are so fun. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, okay, I love it all. Judy, where can everyone find you if they want to learn more about this or just dig more into your work? I know you've mentioned your website, but can you just share a quick rundown of where they can find all that you have to offer? Absolutely. So definitely follow me on social where I do practical tips every single day. I'm in the middle of doing a wellness challenge where I have an activity every single day for people to do to up their mental wellness. And I'm at at Dr. Judy Ho, D-R-J-U-D-Y-H-O. As we've mentioned, my website is drjudyho.com. And my podcast called Supercharged Life with Dr. Judy is launching March 24th. So I would love for your listeners to come check me out and subscribe there. Uh, My podcast is going to be all about giving a practical tip every single time for every episode and we have lots of amazing guests who we can learn from and we can learn from each of them how to supercharge their life in a specific area like motivation or combating depression or breaking barriers as a woman and so we're going to be having a lot of fun just talking to people who have really changed the landscape of whatever world they're in so interesting okay guys go check it out if you are interested more in this topic be sure to check it out judy thank you for your time and your insight and all the information that you've shared and even the tools that you've shared i'm thankful i am i've learned a lot i feel like i just got to sit through a class with somebody who's now a friend so i appreciate it you are seriously so great thanks for everything that you just offered my community thank you so much it was such a pleasure to speak with you i'd love to hear from you It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. 
So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.